we're back. Hello, hello, welcome. It's Tina Constant here. Welcome back to Waffle Free Storytelling. And you know we're jumping right into the story, which means the jibber jab is at the end. And this week's story is called The Sculptors. And it's about Syrian and Andras. Now, Syrian and Andras were sculptors of such skill and talent and need that they spent their days and nights working and never so much as pausing. They couldn't understand it. All they knew was that they woke every morning with this deep desire to work and craft and shape rock. They would travel to a certain place and collect a certain piece of rock and then they would chisel and shape and carve and mold that rock over and over until it was dust. Between the day they brought the rock home to their workshop and the day they swept the dust from the floor, that rock took on a thousand different shapes. The first carving might have been a tree, then an eagle, then a tiger, then an owl and a mouse and an ant and eventually grains so fine that the breeze could blow them away. The pair didn't question their work. They just did it. Now, on one particular day, Syrian and Andras had been working on a piece of stone that had given them considerable trouble. Every week it seemed that a new shape tried to release itself. Sometimes the shapes were clear and strong, and sometimes Syrian and Andras couldn't tell if it was animal or plant or mineral. <laughs> but trusting the process, they kept going until there was a bang on the door. Let me in, a voice cried out. When Syrian and Andras opened the door, a child stood there, broken and bleeding with a million cuts on her body. The sculptors put down their tools and they carried her to the fire. They fed her and they treated her and after a while, when they recognized she was too exhausted to speak, they let her sleep and returned to their work. But no sooner had they raised their chisels and cracked away a fragment of stone than the child woke and cried out in such pain that Syrian and Andras thought her bones had broken. They went back to treat her as best they could, and when she was sleeping again, they returned to work once more. But again, the moment they rose their chisels and cracked the stone, the child cried out. Syrian and Andras sat by that child and tended the new wounds. And again, but this time, with great care, they went back to the workshop. This time, they didn't drive chisels into that rock. They simply touched it. And the child winced. With that, Syrian and Andras put their chisels down, wrapped the child in another blanket, and for the first time ever, they sat by the fire and did nothing except wait. After three days, the child healed enough to open her eyes and eat and take a sip of water and finally speak. Why did you come here? Andra said. And the child said simply that from the day she was born, all she heard was loud banging noises in her head, she would shout out in pain, but nobody seemed to hear her, and so she tried to run from the noises. 
but she couldn't escape it, so finally she turned and she ran towards it. The closer she got to this house, in this forest, to this workshop, the louder and the more intense her agony became. But here, sitting by the fire, she felt no pain and she heard no cries in her head. So she said, the answer must be here. Syrian, Andras and the child talked for many days. Scabs and scars formed on her wounds, but no matter how the sculptors treated her, the broken bones and injuries did not fully heal, and the child could hardly walk. You might be without pain, Syrian finally said, but you cannot live like this. And so, fearing the worst, Syrian and Andras led the child to their workshop and showed her the stone. Syrian picked up the chisel, put it against the stone, and tapped. And the child collapsed on the floor in more agony than she had known. Not believing this was possible, the child stood up and she said to Andras, You do it, you do the same. And once again, the moment Andras put the chisel against the stone, the child felt every blow. Syrian and Andras put their tools down, and it was Syrian who spoke first. We have chiseled a thousand, thousand statues from raw rock to dust over the years. How have we caused so much pain and not known it? And Andras said, no. If they had, somebody would have come to their door before now. It was the child who looked from the rock to the dust on the floor, and she said, maybe, maybe it's because you don't fully understand this rock. So together, the sculptors and the child studied that piece of stone, its strong points, its brittle layers, its colors, its textures, they examined and discussed the best way to carve it and shape it and mold it. Then they put the chisels aside and they looked at each other. What tools did they have that would shape the stone but not hurt the child? But every tool they tried caused the child to cry out in pain. Once again, the sculptors stopped. This time, they left the tools behind, and with the child between them, they took a walk in the forest and into the mountains. They walked until it was dark, and they kept walking until the sun came up the next day. It was then they came to a lake, so wide and so deep, it felt like it held a universe of infinite mystery. Where is the origin of this lake? the child asked. The sculptor took her up the river to a waterfall that sprang from the very centre of the earth. The child put her hand under the water, felt its coolness on her fingers, and she turned to Syrian and Andras, and they both smiled together, and they carried the rock from the workshop to that waterfall. Sitting on the edge of the lake, her feet dangling in the cool, the child watched as the water fell over the rock. Soft, and hard in all the right places. Bit by bit, grain by grain, the waterfall shaped and molded the rock, and the child breathed in every change. From that day on, Syrian and Andras didn't lift another chisel. 
Anytime they were compelled to seek out and collect a rock, they took her to the waterfall and let the earth herself carve and shape the rock into a thousand, thousand shapes and features over many, many years until it was dust and washed back to the centre of the earth. After many, many more years, Syrian and Andras found themselves standing over two giant rocks that made them sigh and smile when they lay their hands on them. They carried those rocks between them to the waterfall, and they watched as the water ran through the cracks and crevices, grains and faults, and on the same day, the same hour and the same minute, both those rocks fell to dust, and together Syrian and Andras were washed back to the core of the earth, where they were forged into new rocks, and so were born again. Ah, that's a kind of gentle little story. You know, it had to be worked and reworked a little bit, and then when I get to the end of it, I think, hmm, I think this is a love story. I think this is a love story. I'm not sure. Anyway, it does make me think of the influence we have on others, especially those closest to us. And are we using chisels to shape and mold those around us? Or are we just letting nature take its course? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe something to think about. All right. <sighs> I'm feeling mellow today. <laughs> so have a beautiful, splendid, glorious, hugging kind of day. And uh, drop around to www.tinaconstant.com. That is constant with a K. And uh, join the fireside if you like. It'll be really good to see you there. Um, all right. That's it. Hey, I'm going to see you next time. See you next week for, yeah, something random from the universe. Who knows what? I, had, I certainly don't. <laughs> Have a good one. See you next week. Bye-bye now.